and welcome to Cult Movie Cult, where we watch and discuss the horrific, the obscure, and the flat-out strange from the other side of cinema. I'm Mark Dickerson. And I'm Jeremy Fink, and this is the fifth and final episode in our series Practically Terrifying, a celebration of 80s creature features. Today we're discussing a true cult classic, Pumpkinhead, from 1988, directed by legendary special effects artist Stan Winston, and starring Lance Henriksen, John DeAquino, Jeff East, and Carrie Remsen. The film follows a vengeful demon whom attacks whoever it is summoned to destroy. Jimmy Joe, you done bad. Y'all know what settles on badness, <laughs> don't you? Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead? Y'all stop. There ain't no pumpkinhead. What about old Mr. Foley? He moved away. Uh-uh. Pumpkinhead got him. Teared off his head and drank all the blood. Did not. Did too. Shut up, Hesse. Keep away from Pumpkinhead pumpkin unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. So yeah, this is the last one in our series, Jeremy, and um, pretty interesting one to talk about, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also, like you mentioned, the directorial debut of Stan Winston, mm-hmm. the legendary special effects creator and technician, as well as makeup effects uh, on so many classic films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a brief list here, Jurassic Park, <laughs> uh, Terminator, one and two, actually, uh, mm-hmm. Predator, you know, so he. This is iconic uh, effects, you know, yes. that, that we're talking about here. So very interesting to see a, a, a film directed by him. Mm-hmm. He did direct more than one. Um, this is probably the most notable out of all of those. Um, although a no name Norm is interesting, <laughs> might be talked about in the show at some point. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I, you know, because of his background and everything, uh, I imagine this is another film that most likely stemmed from the, the creature itself. We've talked about that mm-hmm. before, like, or the idea of a, a certain kind of creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is certainly a very cool looking creature. Uh, it's, it's very different, unique looking. Um, what do you think about the design of the, of this pumpkin head creature? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty awesome design. And I like that, you know, we, we kind of, I mean, obviously if you just have the, the kind of, financial side of, of the film industry works i would imagine that at the time a big selling point for this film was stan winston's going to make a monster you know yeah. and that was probably how he got to direct it is he came in and said you know it's going to be all about a monster and they were like okay you know take our money go do your thing um mm-hmm. and so like i like that they kind of didn't shy away from it you know most of the time when i'm, I'm watching a film and you kind of see the monster early on I'm kind of a little like find it a little underwhelming, but he's just such a prolific monster creator that like I, I, we we see the monster pretty much right away in the film. You know, it's dark and moody yeah. in the way it's lit from far away. But it's of. like, but it's kind of like you know, this they're letting us know like this is what we're here for. It's gonna it's a monster mm. movie. You know, it's about the monster. It's about the monster. Sure. You know, it's about how the monster behaves and what the monster is gonna do. And they kind of gave it to us right away. And I think you know, I mean, obviously, it's just. In terms of yeah. in terms of like how uh, 80s creature movies, like I just, <laughs> I don't know, you, you can't get much better in terms of the actual design and functionality mm-hmm. of a monster than, than a movie like this. 
Yeah, that's why I definitely wanted to include this one in mm-hmm. our series, and I think it's a good one to end with for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's apparently, you know, in the opening credits, I, I didn't because I didn't know this until I saw this in the opening credits, or I didn't remember it. But mm-hmm. it says that the film was inspired by a poem. Yeah, <laughs> uh, by Ed Justin, which mm-hmm. you don't see that too often. Inspired by a poem. So. No. That was very interesting to me, and there's very little information regarding this. I tried to look up the actual poem, mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to find anything. Although the rhyme that the um, the younger kids say in the film itself mm-hmm. to kind of scare like the little brother character, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, outside the general store, is the original poem, or at least part of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Pumpkinhead. So yeah, well, um, what I'm seeing so, here, I'm, I'm seeing it online. It, it is at least it says original version. This is on the pumpkinhead.fandom website. So oh, okay. I did I'm not guessing, see that. I'm guessing <laughs> that, that this is the, the thing. So it says, okay. keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Laugh at him and you're undone, but in some dreadful fashion. Vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blot a plot that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot, he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred. Guard dogs prowling in the yard. Won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. So okay. was that the I, I'm trying to remember I, because it was that verbatim what they said in the they said they said like I think the opening lines of the, the opening yeah, lines yeah the first one um, yeah that's interesting to first of all for a poem to be kind of, so it's it's kind of done in like the tradition of like these old folk style yeah. folk tale um, you know kind of like these almost like these warning poems mm-hmm. of, about about creatures and things like that monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's inter- I'd be really interested to know the origin of that, not mm-hmm. only the poem, but how it got from that to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would be very interesting to me. It is a pretty uh, wi- wild poem, you know, yeah, in and of itself. It's, like, it's like, yeah. like, I don't know, just I, I think it's it's so hard to invent a monster, you know? Yeah. Like, it's almost like it, it, the, the monster already existed or... or yeah. Like, but like, like it's yeah. like, there, there's, you know, like, it's not like it's a, a, a vampire or a... You know, mm-hmm. like a, a zombie, or anything. like it's not like there's lore about this pumpkin head thing. It seems like this yeah. this poet just conjured this this thing, and it's kind of cool in the poem. He doesn't really describe what it looks like, right? Uh, which you can I, entirely use your imagination to you know to think about what it would actually be. Which is I which guess. is probably you know maybe in in you know whoever decided to turn it into the movie is what what drew them to it is that it was like it kind of gave the mm-hmm. tone in the. Not the motivation, yeah. but kind of the functionality of the the monster mm-hmm. and how the monster is kind of clever. Um, yeah. Like, you know, he'll, he'll bolted doors and windows barred. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he or like vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. You know, just the, like how he, you know, just like the tenacity, like it's coming for you. Yeah. And, Nothing and, you can do about it kind of thing. Yeah. And, and something that's like a monster, like, but also, you know, and we'll get to it more, but the monster in this was kind of playful, you know, like it kind of mm-hmm. seemed to, to enjoy uh, uh, tormenting people, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know for a classic movie monster is not always the case. A lot of the time, it's just kind of this beastly, out of control thing. Yeah. So I don't. Know, it, it's, yeah. it's cool. I'm, I'm it's glad we m- found more methodical. This. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting. Um, well, just to get into the film a little bit. Um, so it opens in 1957. So it's like kind of opens in the past and um, it, in you know, so it's like this small farmhouse and this family. And you don't really know exactly what's going on, which is kind of cool. It's, it really sets the scene of, of mystery around this creature. Um, but uh, the, the child, the young child, is, is essentially watching. So, so there's a, a person that tries to come into the house, and they won't let him, and they lock him out. 
And as he's like crying and screaming, you know, to, to be let in, and the young child watches from the window. And I thought this was really cool, like this very, mm-hmm. you know, eerie shot, because uh, it's kind of far away, and the creature is silhouetted in the moonlight um, as the boy watches from the window, and um, as he's he kind of lifts this man up and against a tree, and we assume, you know, kills him. Mm-hmm. They don't really show it, but and that's so you you do see the creature right away, but it is this sort of really uh really well done sort of far away shot yeah. where again it's silhouetted and you don't really know exactly what's happening but mm-hmm. um there's something more eerie about that about this this child watching from the window than mm-hmm. if you had just seen it you know completely in the light up front uh so i thought that was pretty cool it was kind of nightmarish and surreal um and we do return to this image too later in the film when it's remembered back on but the from there the the film does go to current what was then current day, um, and we see this is, we were introduced to the child that we saw watching out the window as a, as an adult and he, this is Lance Hendrickson as Ed, uh, so he's a boy all now all grown up uh, and he's a widower who runs a small shop in the country, and he has a son of his own Billy, and um, so this is actually one of his first leading roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and his presence in the film, I think, leads it. It gives it a lot of weight. Like yeah. it just, you know, there's something about his acting and his his style uh, that just is very compelling. Uh, it it almost feels, you know, at times like he's almost in a different movie than like it does everyone feel- else. <laughs> because he's, it was almost like, did he read the script or? <laughs> well, no, but like, like, because he's kind yeah. of so good. Like he's kind of yeah. like so like plays it yeah. so straight and dramatic. And it's mm-hmm. like you know, it's, I mean, I, I was looking at some of the reviews and you know. A lot of them were talking about the the acting not being up to par, which I think is probably more in reference to some of the younger folk. But like right. with him, it felt like he had this real stern, almost kind of like uh, what's the what's the best way to describe it? Um, like almost like a Clint Eastwood kind of hard mm. Western yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, feeling to him, but also vulnerable. It was like I don't know. It, 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 he, yeah. He, he, well, he, I guess you know I don't I don't know if he's a method actor, but. He's playing this widower that lives out in this yeah. farmland, you know, this runs a small shop. So I guess maybe he just really gets into each yeah. role. And, Who also yeah, that's, has, like, yeah. a very severe childhood trauma, you know? Right. Like, he, like, <laughs> yeah. he witnessed his dad turn away a man who then got viciously murdered. It's by like, a demon, yeah. By, it's like, <laughs> this guy This guy has, has some stuff on his plate, you know? He's, he's yeah. been through it. Exactly. And it must be one of those things where it's kind of like, did I imagine that happening? Or, yeah. You know, yeah, so... Or maybe, he, yeah. you know, if, if we're getting deep into the psychology, perhaps he, you know, like, kind of repressed the memory. Right. And then this, you know, this... You probably have to. Yeah. This, this violent incident, which we'll talk about in a second here, kind of uh, brought it up for him, and that that's what spawned it all. I don't know. Yeah. Most likely. Um, but, yeah, you, you tell he's, he's got a lot going on in, inside his head, and he's just... But he's also just trying to take care of his son and run this shop, trying to live his life, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we do first hear about this legend of this creature called Pumpkinhead uh, around the same time. Um, and then we're introduced to the city folk, who I call them teens in my notes, but I, I don't even know if they're actually teens. They don't really yeah. look like teens. I, just, I mean, I one just of them... associate these kind of like, you know, slasher horror movies with teens, I guess. But Yeah, I think, I mean, the, you know, they said one of them had like a, uh, like a previous driving charge. Uh, Joel, who, you know, and so I don't know. Yeah, maybe not teens, but maybe like college kids. Right. Maybe like more, yeah, more like college kids. Yeah. 
I'll, we'll call them young adults. I guess. You know, but um, they we'll, show we'll up. Say the, the community college. <laughs> yeah, <gang. laughs> it seems yeah, like. They're, yeah, I guess they're like on a little bit of a trip or just kind of, you know, yeah, they're riding their motorcycles. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But they they come out to this shop and uh, they're. They start riding around. I guess are, are they motor motorcycles or like ATVs? I think they're dirt or, bikes. Dirt bikes. Sorry, dirt bikes. Uh, so they're riding around these dirt bikes, and this is when tragedy strikes. And you know the son Billy, who is pretty much all Ed has, besides his shop, um, is critically injured by one of the dirt bikes uh, mm-hmm. when they they do like a stunt off of, or they go off like a, a little hill and basically come right down on him. So. Um, after that, Ed is obviously distraught when he discovers his son, uh, kind of all mangled and just laying there in the dirt. Um, and he brings him to an old woman out in the woods. And I always enjoy these kind of like old school witches yeah. when I see them show up. Like, I just, I don't know why I enjoy mm-hmm. these types of characters so much. Yeah. Uh, I like, there's so much tradition in, in them. And I, I like when they actually, you know, when they're like actually these, these kind of older looking decrepit. Um, yeah. They very this one's very decrepit. Uh, oh yeah, the makeup was done is phenomenal on this one, um, yeah. and he he kind of brings brings his son out to this this we don't really know it's a witch you know we kind of assume mm-hmm. there, there's some something supernatural about her, mm-hmm. um, and she tells him that she can't bring his son back but that he can call upon vengeance to come mm-hmm. come down on the on the young adults yeah. <laughs> responsible for his death. Um, which is, which is an interesting him, thing, because you, 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 at least for me, I found myself kind of wondering, like, could she bring his son back or is she just wanted yeah. to be, you know, like, well, you wonder why he brought her, why he brought him there in the first place. Like, what, you know, what did he think was going to happen? Yeah, I like um, I, I think, and you know, and we'll get into it, but I think like there's so much stuff in this movie that kind of gets into the idea of, uh, you know, how much of it is him and how mm. much is, is of it is like the monster. And, you know, it's like. It, he really does have a lot of agency in this movie. In fact, you know, as we spoiler alert, kind of learn at the end, he's essentially kind of decides the fate of everyone in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't know. It's just this idea of him going there and him making this decision. It's like right. This this isn't a movie where it's a monster that is spawned because of you know some mistake or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he very clearly makes yeah. a choice. It's and a has conscious to live with it. decision. It's a very conscious decision. Makes, yeah. yeah. Which is definitely different than a yeah. lot of monster movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it gives it this other sort of depth to it. Yeah. That the main character is also is is so responsible for mm-hmm. everything that happens, or entirely responsible. Even though he might not know the severity of what's going to happen, um, mm-hmm. you know, she does warn him in this scene, and she also tells him about a graveyard way out in the woods and tells him to bring a shovel. So that's kind of like his instructions, and. You know this this series practically terrifying. Uh, we've talked about practical effects monsters a lot, uh, about creatures and, and all kinds of things like that. But I think the makeup, like again, I'll, I'll mention it here. Just it deserves a shout out as well um, because that's a huge part of, of these kind of movies, uh, these kind of effects. So uh, it's really well done in, in with this character, this this old witch crone type character. Um, yeah, really effective. <laughs> um, but what, what did you think during the scene with uh, <laughs> with this witch character? Did yeah, you think I, it was. Were you like this? Is this another movie now? Like, because it almost seems like something is going in another direction at this point. No, I thought it was really cool. I think you know, it's it's. I think this is this is a fun movie because it does have these kind of twists and turns, which maybe yeah. defy conventional storytelling wisdom. Like, it does feel like it kind of pivots a few times. 
Um, yeah. But I don't know. that it, It's kind of fun. It's It, feel, it felt it's, surprising. It, it is fun, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a cool build-up, too, mm-hmm. to the return of the creature. Yeah. Um, along So along with a, a fresh corpse from the graveyard and a, mm-hmm. a blood sacrifice, of course. So, yeah, it's, it's these kind of, like, old tropes, but they're, they're done in, like, a really yeah. fun, interesting way. I, I think I found um, myself kind of expecting it. You know, you see this guy, and he's older, and he has the kid. I kind of expected it to be a thing where, like, his kid would maybe discover something. You know, I was I was kind of expecting his child to be a bigger part of the film. Um, yeah, but but you're right, Jeremy. I mean, there's something haunting, I think, and like unsettling about the idea of conjuring this legendary demon entity. Yeah. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. different, and I, I think that I think that and the creature itself are what struck yeah. me the most with this movie and kind of like sets it apart. From well, and a, a demon, a demon that he witnessed firsthand how vicious and right. evil it is. Like, it's not like he's just like I want them to just go away. Like, he knew exactly what this mm-hmm. thing was going to do to them and, and how horrible yes. it was going to be. It's and very he, he ominous. did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And she even says, like, when, when, when he returns after he has the corpse, you're like, now it begins, you know? So yeah. she tells him, like, it's, things are about to get a little crazy here. So, mm-hmm. um, so his son does return. There's a brief scene where his son comes back to life, but it's merely to kind of, I guess accentuate the guilt yeah. that he's now suddenly about to feel where he mm-hmm. says what did you do daddy mm-hmm. uh so that was pretty yeah, eerie and I, I think that sets the tone for the rest of the film mm-hmm. um because now we're about to see what, what what's going to happen so from here on out um the film does essentially become sort of like a slasher movie uh with the hold up young adults that are in the um in this sort of cabin um and the 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 perspective sort of changes to another character uh the one woman whose name escapes oh i think it's is it matt or maggie or there's there's a couple different characters that it kind of switches to but it's it becomes more focused on these victims that are going to be you know (laughs) eviscerated um and though eventually we do go back to ed uh, towards the end but um so it becomes you know so these these young adults are in the cabin um, including Joel, who is the most unrepentant of them and the one responsible for the accident. Because mm-hmm. I think he has some prior, uh, you know, some legal things he's he's trying to keep under the yeah. under the rug. So he's like, you know, everyone else is kind of saying we should go tell the cops, we should go tell someone what we did. And he's Which, like, no, we're not once again, that. a little more like, you know, in terms of a character story, a little more like substantial. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just some kids being like, you know, oh, we screwed up, we gotta hide this. Like, this is a guy who, if if he has real stakes and real consequences, yeah. you know, if he, if he, if this gets out, you know, he's already in trouble. Right. So, so they kind of just stay in this one area, just hoping that things kind of blow over, and obviously they don't. No. Um, another interesting thing I noticed was, um, so when we see the first killing in the movie, uh, one of the teens is pulled up into a tree and then dragged away and killed. Um, it seems to have an effect on Ed because he has like this physical reaction to mm-hmm. it, even though he's not there. So it's almost like he has some sort of connection with the creature, which is interesting too. Yeah, yeah, um, like a psychological connection or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, so Maggie goes, you know, goes to report back to everyone else and tells them she saw a demon. And um, there's a, a cool shot through the window of the creature kind of lurking as it kind of moves past the cab- cabin. Uh, it's really brief, but very effective. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just like a fan of faraway shots, like sort yeah. of like, like almost like voyeuristic, um, yeah, kind of shots of these things. 
because you, you're so used to seeing these kind of monsters and creatures like up mm -hmm. close and they're snarling and in your face yeah. so it's kind of cool to see them in a, in a different light which i guess stan winston you know just from working with these kind of monster effects for so long yeah. he just you know i think he knew the best way to do it well and the very good directors he worked with who also yes. you know yeah. like like because that's the thing is like you have to imagine stan winston is like he it's not just him just making a monster it's him pulling all the experience of like you know working mm -hmm. with like ridley scott and you know like all these people who really like know how to not only make a monster but shoot it and, and yeah. give it character and he, he's clearly pulling that in i think also seeing the monster from far away like that um just in terms of a creature design perspective is really cool too, because it shows that there was really thought put into the entire creature. You mm -hmm. know, it's like they, cause I think that sometimes it's like, you know, you'll see, you'll see people make a, a creature and it's a practical effect and they'll put a lot of time into the face and the, the gunk on its face and the wrinkles or whatever. But like the fact that he, they can show up from far away is like head mm -hmm. to toe. This was designed to be a creature. You know, yeah, you that, can see it, the way it moves and walks and everything. And yeah, it, it really exists, and you can really feel how it moves through the world and, and the space. Yeah. And we still haven't even seen that much of the creature at this point. Yeah. Uh, which I found interesting that even though Stan Winston was such a special effects guy, he, he really shows a lot of restraint here mm -hmm. in revealing the creature. Um, because even though we do say it, again, even though we see it uh, very early on, it's far away and, and we don't see too much detail and things like that. And, and then there's only very brief shots of it up until this point. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I found that interesting. Um, I think it's usually the right call uh, when it comes to these kinds of creature features, right? Yeah. I mean, something, something I'm sure, again, that Sam Winston learned from his years of working on various movies like this. Mm -hmm. um, the only downside is there's not many chances to see just how impressive it is because it is such yeah. an impressive creature i mean towards the end you do see start to see more of it but uh and then there's so another thing i wanted to talk about was, was the the deaths uh themselves like the killings in the movie were not really that incredibly gory for the no. most part it was something mm -hmm. i noticed this time when i was watching it mm -hmm. um so i wonder if that was just uh, i wonder if that was a conscious decision or just how it kind of went with the, the editing or whatever but um yeah uh, it seems like they focus more, like they focus effects more on the creature and not on the blood and gore aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, so he at this point, Ed return. You know, after the creature's been killing uh, these victims, Ed does return to the old witch and he says, "You've got to stop it." But she tells him that this is what he wanted, and that it's got to run its course now. So now it's like very ominous. What <laughs> what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, and then. Uh, Joel, the one who was responsible for the accident with the son, is eventually confronted by Pump Pumpkinhead. Um, and, you know, so he gets his comeuppance. But, um, yeah, I would say it's not until a good hour in that we, we get our first good look at Pumpkinhead, really. Um, and it's interesting, you know, a car you know, a creature called Pumpkinhead, you would assume it would look a certain way. Uh, you know, maybe, if not a pumpkin on its head, then at least shaped like a pumpkin. But it's yeah. really not. It's, it's, it's more of like a almost alien like demon kind of yeah. looking creature which is interesting mm -hmm. yeah um and uh so there's there was one point here where the remaining young adults they, they try to steal a car or you know try, they try to leave when the once the monster's approaching them and ed shows up and he's he's clearly feeling remorseful at this point mm -hmm. uh and he so he shoots it with a shotgun but it ain't dead yet. We still got more of the movie here, yeah. so which, which is it wouldn't be that easy. It's something I like character-wise is kind of how quickly Ed realizes that he screwed up. 
Yeah. You know, like he it, didn't, to, yeah. it wasn't like this thing at the end where he sees the error of his ways at the very last second and then tries to write it. Like he pretty mm-hmm. quickly is like, oh man, this was a massive mistake, which also yeah. is cool because it gives his character stakes because it's like he's, you know, he's trying to stop this thing that he essentially created. And it does. Yeah. If, if we're talking about like a Frankenstein monster kind of reference or something like that, you know, the idea of the the creator of the monster trying to reel in his mm-hmm. creation is kind of a classic yeah. monster trope. So so you really kind of have multiple monster movie ideas kind of running through this one at the same time, yeah. which which is a lot of fun. It is. And I really like the part uh, right uh, very soon after the, the part I just mentioned with the shotgun where uh, the woman asks him, asks Ed, can't you call it off? And he says, nothing can call it off. And then he, he ignites this flamethrower <laughs> in this yeah. very badass way. Yeah. He's like, but I'm going to send it back to whatever hell that it came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty cool part there. And it, it shows that he's, you know, he feels guilt about it uh, and that he's going to try to do the right thing and, and try to help help these people and get rid of the creature in some way. Um, so they do have the final showdown in the barn uh, where the creature essentially possesses Ed's body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he is shot down by one of the campers, which I think really goes to that that part of the, of the film about it being about his remorse and, mm-hmm. and regret and things like that. Um, and then just to top it off, he's buried by the old witch at mm-hmm. the end. Um, so that's pretty much the, the film, um, you know, the, the major moments that I wanted to talk about. There was a moment in a church that uh, I kind of glossed over. I didn't, I didn't talk about that, but... It's very, I liked it because it was kind of eerie where the, the creature, it, it kind of, I guess, goes back to its demonic roots a little bit. And you mm-hmm. see it just going in this abandoned church and looking around. And it's, it's this very quiet scene, but no, there's no killing involved or anything like that. Yeah. But I just thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I always enjoy tales about local legends and evil curses and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, I was full on into this movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. But what are your, like, I guess your thoughts about the movie as a whole? Um, How'd you feel about it? Yeah, I enjoyed this movie. Like I said before, I was kind of pleasantly surprised by how layered it was. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I just really kind of went in expecting it to be a movie that was just kind of about the monster. Um, It wasn't Mm -hmm. one I had seen before. This is my first watch. And, and it kind of just like, I don't know. It definitely, it surprised me. You know, like, like I, I didn't, I didn't expect it to go the, the direction it went. Um, and yeah. I, I thought that, you know, I was thinking about like, like, I feel like this is kind of a perfect horror movie, especially one for like a kind of younger person to see, like, you know, mm-hmm. like I like, because it's not over the top gory or over the top, like sexual or anything, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a, a morality play. And so yeah. I, I feel like if I was like you know 13 or 14 and i saw this movie it would have just scared the hell out of me it, it, yeah if it, it feels like a, an old folk tale or something yeah like some kind of like yeah some like warning or yeah like i wouldn't know. say it's a kid it's not a kid's movie you know it's not the hobbit but no. like but, <laughs> no. but but it does feel like it kind of has that thing where it's it's kind of i don't know it, it has this kind of uh almost um like i like guess a redemption or- Redemption, Redemption but, but almost like like it almost feels like like you said like a folktale or something kind of oratory like yeah and which it may be because it comes from a poem you know which was yeah. a, essentially a a warning yeah. but it feels like it feels like a story that is kind of designed to be passed down generationally right uh, yeah which is interesting it's, it, it fits an interesting yeah. place and like you said it's cool that it's about a made-up creature you know it's not something that had existed yeah. before it builds its own lore. at least not that i'm 
at least I'm not, that I'm not aware of. But yeah. I don't well, know if there is anything. But, when when yeah. I heard the name Pumpkinhead, what I was kind of expecting was like a Sleepy Hollow kind of thing. Right, yeah. And and this has some gothic elements to it, but it also kind of has like a little bit of a Western element. It kind mm-hmm. of has that more contemporary, like, you know, teen teen scare kind of thing. It, it, it's playing with, with a few different ingredients. And I think, you know, for mm-hmm. the most part, it, it weaves them together pretty well. Like, I, yeah. I think it balances them. Definitely, yeah. The, the curse and the old witch and mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the graveyard that he goes to. It's like all these different elements, but somehow they all work really well together. Yeah. Um, and it culminates in a really, even though it's like taking old tropes, it, it culminates in this really original uh, film that, mm-hmm. I th- you know, it just kind of stands apart from a lot of other uh, creature f- features in horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, but the creature itself, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but how would you compare it, Jeremy, to the others that we've discussed in this series? Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, from like a technical level, I think it's it's definitely up there with like the top ones we've talked about. You know, and I mean, I don't know the budget. I don't know if you saw a budget anywhere for this movie. Um, I'm seeing three three point five million, okay. um, which is not you know not huge, not tiny. It's it's kind of like that. Yeah, kind of in that, the middle. That's why. Yeah, yeah, for that time period, kind of mid range. Um, but you know, I'm just thinking like, obviously, what we saw in Little Shop of Horrors was just like you know, it just mm-hmm. wild and masterful, and you know, kind mm-hmm. of the. But, you know, a lot, a lot more kind of resources behind it. A lot more resources, yeah. A lot more resources. But I feel like this one, for, like, what it had behind it resource-wise, like, really pulled off a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I think that uh, this is, I want to say, like, kind of close to, like, a Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, I think, kind of had more room to play and could be mm-hmm. more expansive with it. But in terms of, like, how the creature moves and the believability of the creature, you know, I, I think this one is, mm-hmm. is in a similar... A similar echelon you know uh, it, it like i don't know yeah, i think the, i think it really worked for me the creature itself is, is probably the most similar to cellar dweller actually i guess yeah it's, it's sort of like a demonic monster uh-huh. um not really like a singly defined creature so i guess it's probably i mean obviously this is done a little bit more you know they, they had more money so yeah. uh and uh, you know they have the expertise of stan winston mm-hmm. behind it and everything so yeah um but yeah, it's also sort of like indescribable. That's kind of what makes it cool in a way. Um, I think it's one of the most like inventive and creative looking creatures, certainly that we've talked about in this in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's not like any one thing you could draw back. You know, you could draw the lineage back to like to where it came from, or you know, mm-hmm. it's not a werewolf, it's not a plant, it's not you know anything like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. just more of a, an actual monster. Um, and you could tell a lot of thought was put into the way that it, it looks and, and the way it moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, very unique and, and pretty terrifying too. I mean, certainly effective. Yep. Um, and again, with a name like Pumpkinhead, you're at least I would be like expecting something kind of more goofy. Um, yeah. But that's certainly not what we get here. Definitely more demonic. And I liked how in- inhuman it looked. Like it, it really was like anything, not like anything you've you've seen really. Mm-hmm. So um, really cool. And we talked about budget a little bit. I mean, I think that's part of the reason. So. We, Stan Winston was sent the script. Um, originally, he was going to just, you know, he was being asked to just do the effects on it. But he saw a project that, that was be like, an, it would be an opportunity for him mm-hmm. to make a directorial debut. Yeah. Um, and I think because he just knows these types of things in and out, and he's worked on so many big films that he 
he knew what to do with the small budget that, that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think that he made it, you know, he kind of squeezed every drop that he could from it. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he was just really smart about how he, how he showed the creature and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a team, you know, separate from him that actually worked on, on the creature. Um, and he was more of like a guiding light or, you know, they would ask him questions about things and, but they, he did kind of, you know, he gave them a lot of advice, obviously, and things like that. Um, but he, yeah, he was, he was really just a director on this and mm-hmm. kind of overseeing everything. Um, so, yeah, I think it was, so he gave, he pretty much gave free reign to um, the artists and designers. Uh, it was Alec Gillis, Shane Mahan, John Rosengrant, and Tom Woodruff Jr. were the, were the ones, mm-hmm. actually the last person there uh, wore the suit. Oh, yeah, pumpkin yeah, head yeah. suit so mm-hmm. um but yeah again certainly his experience regarding creature work you know he was able to uh mm-hmm. you know because three million it's not nothing but it's still pretty limited so i think he, he made the yeah. most of it mm-hmm. um so yeah because they sent him the script solely to do the effects work but he ended up directing it i wonder what he mm-hmm. saw in it you know mm-hmm. well there was actually there was a quote um that I have from it said it was a small picture, something I thought I could handle as a director, and I felt there was a lot that I could bring to the story. So I told the producers, "Yeah, I'll do the creature, but only if I can direct the movie." Mm-hmm. So there was, yeah, there's certainly something in there that he, yeah. I, I guess, because it was such an original creature, mm-hmm. maybe he just thought that he could give his own spin on it. And yeah, and, well, I would imagine if you know if if you're a special effects artist who has a desire to direct, then like you know you see an opportunity come around where they really clearly want you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might have also just been that thing of, like, you know, this is my opportunity to get my foot in the door is with with a budget where I'm not, you know, beholden to a major studio breathing down my neck trying to tell me what to do. Like, you know, right. th- this is an opportunity yeah. where I can direct, but I can direct the way I want to direct. And not... Right, it's not like you're directing Predator 3 or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, where it's already established. Um... Yeah. It's like he, he probably saw this as, as a project that he could really make his own, which, you know, he did. You know, very, we're, we're talking mm-hmm. about him as the kind of auteur behind this, so he, he, it clearly worked. Mm-hmm. He did provide some additional Pumpkinhead suits, I guess. So he did work on, on the effects as well. Uh, not, not like he wasn't the main person or anything, but mostly for stunt sequences, I guess he, he would provide, like, additional suits, mm-hmm. um, as well as dead bodies and makeup, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, I think the makeup is like really well done in this movie too. It really mm-hmm. stands out uh, along with the creature. Yeah. Um, so this film, Pumpkinhead, was the first in the franchise. It was followed by a direct-to-video sequel, and then two TV film sequels and a comic book series as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was, yeah, I've, I've never seen the uh, the sequels. I imagine they're, you know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I, I don't. When it when it you know things are direct to video and then TV, you kind of all right. You know maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll avoid those. But who knows? They could be good. Uh, I am curious where it goes from here. It's, I mean, is it just repeating the same plot again, or mm-hmm. you know, you never really know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just as like you know, to kind of wrap everything up. I mean, this is the last last film in the series that we're talking about, and um, yeah, I mean, these are some of my favorite types of films to watch. Uh, the ones we've talked about in this series. I, I love practical in-camera effects, and I mm-hmm. love creature features, so I really like doing this series. Uh, it was really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy, I mean, did you have any final thoughts about the films we talked about? or anything Well, like yeah, so, so this one I just wanted to point out. The, we, we kind of touched on it briefly. 
but that uh, the witch at the end of this movie buried Ed. Um, yes. Which I just thought that was cool. I mean, with so many of these films, and just like horror films in general, you kind of need like your last little uh, mm-hmm. aha kind of moment. And yeah. I thought that was cool because it, it, <laughs> the implication there, at least how I interpreted it, is that each pumpkin head is just the the previous person who mm-hmm. summoned it. Um, right. Which is kind of crazy because it, it gets into this idea of like vengeful feelings being passed down from person yeah. to person. Um, so that yes. that was kind of cool is that eventually Ed would become the next pumpkin head when the next Yeah, I was person... reading what I, I didn't see the second one, but I, when I was reading about it, there was some speculation that it was it actually is Ed that, re- that, it's Ed, that yeah. returns. So I, yeah. I thought that so. was cool. And I also think mm-hmm. the idea of planting, you know, I mean, if we're going to try to pull figure out why they called it pumpkin head i think that's kind of maybe the closest thing is this thing planted in the ground you know a person planted in the ground mm-hmm. who Throws sprouts in ground. into a, a vengeful monster yeah um i don't think i don't think there's a single pumpkin in the movie is there yeah i don't know <laughs> it's also you know it, in all likelihood it, it you know they were trying to just i mean i would imagine i could be wrong that this got like a late september uh or early uh, yeah. october release halloween so that, yeah they were yeah. probably just trying to hit on that um, be evocative yeah but you know it's still it's just a, if we're if we're actually i'm seeing but i don't know if that's right because everywhere else i saw it said 1988 it's saying the release date was january 13th 1989 but i think yeah. that's wrong i don't know i could be <laughs> yeah some of these release dates have been a little wonky i guess that we yeah it's tough to know um, it's, it's the yeah yeah it's a it release was, it was towards the end of the 80s yeah, yeah so here it kind says of... released october 14th 1988 that sounds a little more. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right there. That's um, about right. Um, but yeah, so that uh, just that, that was a thought, just the, the why it was called Pumpkinhead, and that, that could be that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of this series as a whole, I, I I don't know. This has been a lot of fun. It's I, I like, yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't think I've ever just kind of sat down and specifically watched movies just as a creature feature thing. I think I I bump up against creature features from time to time, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever really done personally like a deep dive like this where i've really just focused on that aspect of it and it was cool just seeing some of the patterns we noticed some of the different approaches um Mm -hmm. you know and and the different results obviously you know seeing how the everyone uh how where it ended up and and the the kind of legacy that some films had or you know how other films uh kind of were maybe a little more obscure but are something that could be explored so yeah yeah i think think Mm -hmm. this was the series was a lot of fun for me personally yeah, and the practicality of it. I hope we kind of went into that yeah. as much as we could. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do talk about yeah. the making of, of films and things like that, but I tried to focus on that because I, I think, obviously, the practicality is a huge part of Practically Terrifying. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, what I wanted to kind of dive into. So hopefully, yeah, we, we you know, people got some some little tidbits of information about that and enjoyed yeah. the ride. I know I certainly did. Sound like you did too, Jeremy. So. Yeah, and I think there's, there's, there's definitely, you know, we've, we've kind of touched on it. But I'm sure, you know, with YouTube and everything, there's an, in, in, you know, Fangoria and any, there's a whole world. If, yeah. you, if you're interested in practical oh, yeah. effects and how they work, it's it's really a, a, a pretty mm-hmm. amazing rabbit hole to go down. So, yeah. you know, we'd highly encourage anyone listening to take the time yeah. to expand if, if they, if they like, if you like this, like, so you, there's plenty, you, there's plenty more to learn. We, we've only just barely scratched the surface. Yeah. If you're into this stuff, then there's tons out there. I mean... You can, I'm sure you can look up YouTube videos of them like actually mm-hmm. doing the makeup and creating yeah. the monsters and things like that behind mm-hmm. the scenes footage. So definitely check it out if you're into it. I mean, it's it's a it's a fun world to get to get into, and um, 
you know, they don't make them like this anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that should well, that could have been an alternate title for the the series. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make them like this anymore. They don't make them like they used to. Yeah. Um, you know, which is just to, not to like you know end on a down note or anything, but you know, I kind of wish they did. I wish yeah. I wish not that everything has to be mm-hmm. uh, practically made or practical effects, but I would like mm-hmm. to see you know maybe one or two a year where yeah. where you see more you know and you do see it sprinkled throughout yeah. um, some some newer horror films i think maybe there's a yearning to get back to more genuine or authentic uh more tactile kind of things mm-hmm. um so you do see it a little bit um but yeah i, I want a full-on creature feature maybe i'll be, have to be the one to make it or me yeah. and you, jeremy could make our, yeah. our creature feature yeah. together yeah. but i would love to see you know like on the big screen just a, a brand new monster out there you know like just yeah. a practically made and in-camera effects and everything like that. I, yeah. would, I would love to see it. So. Yeah, because they, they do pop up. I think, you know, if I were to think of anyone, a contemporary filmmaker who, who does a lot of that, uh, although in a kind of a different way, is like Guillermo del Toro, who did, yeah, like, you know, uh, uh, Shape of Water, most notably. Right. Then, you know, and yeah, he, he incorporates I, I, b- yeah, both like practical and computer, di- you know, digitized. Yeah, he, he like. balances it well. I just, I just mm-hmm. recently saw his uh, Pinocchio, Oh, I haven't seen did, that. Which was actually from a, I mean, just gorgeous uh, stop motion animation. But he also he has he has some monster kind of creatures in that. Oh, cool. And yeah. you know, stop motion is practical. It is a practical right. effect. Right. Oh, and very so, practical. You know, a little different than a lot of what we looked at. Um, but yeah. you know, if if you're if you are an old school movie fan, but wants a but want a director a newer director who who appre- approaches creatures in a really interesting way, he's definitely someone I would yeah. recommend looking at. Definitely. You can tell he has a real appreciation yeah. for the older monster films and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one to check out. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully it continues. Um, yeah. And we'll have, more, we'll have more cult creature feature films to talk about, mm-hmm. which would be great. <laughs> yeah. But until then, um, thank you very much for listening to the show and you can find us on social media. And if you have any cult films you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, or if you'd like to officially join the cult, be a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at cultmoviecult at gmail.com. This has been Cult Movie Cult, and until next time, so long from the other side.